From the Virginia Poverty Law Center, this is the Justice Report. I'm your host, Salam Bhatti. And I'm Woke Twitter's favorite heartthrob, James Sheed Bakhtiari, a.k.a. Low Down Jimmy Brown. We're here to bring you the stories of our struggling neighbors while we try to understand how society's policies, laws, and institutions all play a role in shaping these stories. And thus, our lives. You know, record scratch, freeze frame, Woke Twitter's favorite heartthrob. Jam, don't you only have like 25 followers? Hey, listen, act the part, be the part. <laughs> it sounds to me like you're going to fake it till you make it. To be fair, isn't that what we're doing with this program? You know, come to think of it, you're kind of right. I mean, it's kind of a miracle we still have our jobs. Wait, you're getting paid for this? <laughs> oh, Jam, you're so funny. Now, like we talked about, let's keep the civil. Salam, I watched the vice presidential debate, so I know how to side-eye right now. Listen, Jam, this is radio. Nobody can see you side-eyeing me, which is good for them because it is incredibly creepy. Don't quit your day job, buddy. You're right, Salam. I won't quit my day job. Having a job is a privilege that many Americans do not have right now. While we find ourselves in the depths of a deadly pandemic with unemployment numbers at a record high. One place where Virginians are feeling this especially hard right now is in unemployment. With a massive influx of demand for unemployment benefits due to the economic fallout of the pandemic, Virginia's social safety net was rocked to its core, with many people spending weeks, months even, on the phone trying to get a hold of somebody and submit their application. Today, we're going to follow one of those people and listen to him tell his story of how America's economic system is fundamentally dysfunctional at its core. I mean, this story is truly sobering and a must listen for Americans everywhere. So don't go anywhere. This is the Justice Report. In today's show, we're going to weave through a real life example of someone who filed for unemployment during the pandemic and the fallout from that while discussing the policies behind why all this was happening. So meet Todd Johnston from Christiansburg, Virginia. He was a former convenience store assistant manager. Let's learn about what happened to him. Um, basically, it actually really started in January of this year. Um, I had had to have knee surgery. Um, I tore some muscles in my knee and I had to be out of work a few weeks um, because of that. Did have insurance and everything, but because of the sky high medical bills, I started getting more and more in debt and more, more debt, you know, as the bills start piling up and everything. And when the COVID-19 pandemic came, how did that affect your employment? We got our hours cut, but we also got what's called, you know, the hazard pay and everything. Basically, we was making the same amount of money, but we also, you know, had reduced hours. So that really hurt. Plus, unfortunately, by the end of June, Todd lost his job. He joined hundreds of thousands of Virginians in trying to apply for unemployment benefits. Back then, the process was just so ridiculous because there were so many errors and you had to apply for this. And then the system kept crashing. Like, you know, I was on hold one day, five to six hours, just trying to get through to the unemployment office you know, to, to apply. Or if you go to apply online, the system would go through and it would just you know, say unexpected error. It would crash so bad and you would lose your whole work and everything. It was just really, really bad for everybody.
Let's bring in Marty Wegbright, Director of Litigation at CVLAS and former tenant of this time slot for the longtime running show, It's Time for Justice. Now, it took months for people with zero income to get some help. And through the work that you were doing, what is your gauge of how the commission responded uh, with this unemployment crisis? My gauge of how the Virginia Employment Commission has responded is it's both heroic and disappointing at the same time. The problem, as you well know, is that the system is totally overwhelmed. Uh, over the past six months, more than a million unemployment compensation claims have been filed. That's a claim volume 16 times greater than normal. Um, the heroic part of it is that three quarters of them have been um, decided and paid. Uh, the disappointing side is that not only is it the situation that a quarter have not been paid or even decided, but that quarter of the claims, which is tens of thousands of people, have no idea what's happening on their case, even though it would not be at all difficult for the Virginia Employment Commission to have changed their computer programming and their phone system to give them complete, accurate, updated information. And that is truly disappointing. Disappointing is putting it kindly, especially when people's very health is at risk. Unemployment numbers only tell us how many people are filing for unemployment. They don't tell us how many have given up hope on the system. So let's see how long Todd tried to get through to the unemployment office. Um, I tried for over a month. And it just really was very frustrating and very inconvenient. So finally, I just ended up giving up, gave up on it because I couldn't get through, you know, a course. You couldn't go in person because, you know, the doors were closed and all that. And you would try to call and just to sit on hold and sit on hold and no answer. Or eventually this telephone system, I guess, would just hang up on you because there were so many calls coming in. So with the past six months being just trying to operate at breakneck speed as things just continuously get uh, problematic, has the agency done anything to increase capacity? The agency has hired new staff. Obviously, they have not been able to hire 16 times as many staff to be able to handle a claim volume and a hearing volume and an appeal volume 16 times greater but they have hired new staff. Maybe, maybe they're up to double the staff they had before, but that still leaves them very, very deep in the hole. And the hole is huge. Currently, there's a backlog of 60,000 claims that are awaiting simply the first step. Well, the Virginia Employment Commission says they can clear 10,000 claims a week. Just doing simple math, that tells you that that backlog is six weeks. It's even worse on appeal. They currently have 12,000 claims awaiting an appeals examiner hearing. There's only 15 appeals examiners unless they've hired more in the past couple of weeks. So the Virginia Employment Commission can clear maybe 375 of those per week. That leads to a backlog of more than half a year. That's completely unacceptable. So you had knee surgery with sky-high medical debt. You had lost your job due to a pandemic and you were not able to get your unemployment benefits because for over a month as you applied, the system continued to crash. Uh, how, did that, how did that feel? Terrible. 
very terrible, you know, because I didn't know what to do, what to say. You know, basically, I was, you know, crying every day because, just be honest, crying because I didn't know what to do. You know, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? The technology that is being used now for unemployment compensation is essentially the same technology that was used during the Great Recession 10 years ago, because I was here doing that work then, and it should have been no one's surprise that once the Great Recession ended, there was going to be another recession or another economic fallout. We just know that because of the society that we live in. And there should have been some attention given to updating the technology so that, for example, just like you can do online banking or you have portals that allow you to look at your medical records, the Virginia Employment Commission does not have a portal where a claimant can log in in a secure password system and see the status of their claim. In fact, I was asked a question by a Northern Virginia uh, union attorney, what happens if you make a mistake on an initial claim or on a weekly claim? How do you correct it? That was a question I actually had to ask one of the higher ups at the Virginia Employment Commission. And the answer was, you really can't other than calling the customer care number and speaking to someone there and having them manually correct it. Well, that's primitive. I mean, if you can even get through, which you really can't, without hours and hours and dozens and dozens of calls, that's just primitive. Indeed, primitive in one of the wealthiest states in the richest country in world history. Surely this economic accolade helped Todd in some way. Basically what I had to do um, for the first few days, I was just living out of my vehicle. Um, never, not knowing what to do and all that. Um, then basically, it was so hot, you know, and all the time I couldn't take it. I went and got, you know, a title loan for the vehicle to pay for hotel stay for the summer and everything. And can you talk about what that process was like? Um, I basically got a loan off my vehicle that was paid off to have a hotel stay, you know, to get out of the elements, out of the weather, things like that. That process was really easy, but it's the problem was, was the payments and the interest rate was so high it put me farther and farther in debt. Um, Todd, can you tell us what the amount was and the interest rate? Um, well, my payments, you know, I borrowed, you know, $3,000. My payments were $836 a month. And basically the interest rate, I believe it was three, 314, 310, like percent per month. So basically I was going to pay back 9,000 for borrowing $3,000. And it was a car title loan. So when you didn't make your payments, what did the lender do? Well, they would, the first month they worked with me, you know, they understood that the second month they were like, okay, well, you know, you're going to have to get a little bit more aggressive, not, you know, too aggressive, but they're like, Hey, you need to be making it payment, make payments. Then 90 days out, basically, you know, they call and said, look, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're going to have to you know, repossess your vehicle because you're not going to be in a payment. You know, you're going to owe at least $2,400 minimum your next payment, which there's no way I could have. And basically from that point, 
you know, they were going to come and get the vehicle and I was going to have nowhere to go to. Let's take a moment to sum up what is happening with Todd. Let's rewind to the beginning of this light year. In January, he has knee surgery, and despite having health insurance and a full-time job, he's still left with medical debt. The pandemic hits, he loses hours, and then ultimately loses his job. He files for unemployment benefits to make ends meet and ultimately can't get through. This leads to him losing his housing. Then he lives out of his truck. Then, to escape the hot southern heat, he takes a predatory loan out on his paid-off truck so he can get a hotel room. Then, he can't repay the loan, so now his truck is up for repossession. And when you found yourself in that position, I can't even think about how devastating it is. What was going through your mind? Just like you said, just purely devastation. You know, I didn't know what to do and what what to say. Um, basically, I'm by myself. My family have have all passed away due to various reasons. I'm pretty much on my own. I mean, there's nobody I can turn to, like family, friends. I, there's nobody I can turn to to help out. That was the reason I had you know make that decision to get that loan and everything. So, what started off as a somewhat normal year spiraled absolutely out of control, and now Todd has declared bankruptcy. Okay, yeah. So from the moment where you're car where you heard that your car was going to be repossessed what did you do well from that point you know uh, basically i called the local legal aid society and to see if there was anything they can do because i've heard that there was something a law about predatory loans and i didn't know if i would be able to qualify for that or not um i went ahead and you know called them unfortunately they said you know there's nothing they can really do from that point then on Facebook, I saw, you know, what's called the Virginia Poverty Law Center. So and I called them and spoke to you know, a nice lady named Dana and spoke with her, and she helped me out. She said, you know, she understood the situation. She did a lot of checking with some um, lawyers that work with the company, and they said the best thing for I could really do to prevent all this is declare bankruptcy, you know, because this would stop of it, but they would still get their money, but it, they couldn't actually come and repossess it at the same time. Let's check in with Marty to see how long it's taking families to receive unemployment benefits. Again, it's months and months, not the typical weeks and weeks. And again, we're talking about that one quarter of the claims that don't get decided and paid um, initially without any dispute from the employer. I mean, even those claims are taking longer than usual. Um, usually they would be paid within a matter of a, a week or two or three, and now it can be as long as a, a month or two. And Virginia is not the worst in the nation in doing that, um, but we're not in the top half. I would say we're probably either the bottom of the middle third or maybe the top of the lowest third. So not the worst, um, but definitely in the bottom half in terms of timeliness of just getting benefits to people. And again, the system was never designed to handle a call volume like this. Um, but having said that, uh, the communication that the VEC has had with claimants has been sorely, sorely lacking. Um, Todd, have you since received any unemployment benefits or have they reached out to you to talk about your claim? 
No, basically, I just gave up on it. I just got so frustrated. I just kind of said heck with it because it was just too frustrating, and I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. But did um, did, did they reach out with any letters confirming your uh, claim? No, nothing. nothing. I haven't approved. Nothing. If people are still having trouble reaching the unemployment office or not getting their benefits, what can they do? What recourse can they take? To be honest, the best recourse is probably to contact their either state delegate or state senator and ask that the constituent service office reach out to the Virginia Employment Commission to get them an update on where their claim is. If you know the right person to contact at the Virginia Employment Commission, and truly there are only a handful, they can look behind the scenes and tell you what's happening with the claim. But really about all they can say is, yes, the employer contested on such and such a date, and it's probably going to be 12 weeks or longer from that date until you get your fact-finding interview. Or they might say, yes, you appealed on such and such a date, and it's going to be so many months before you get your appeals examiner hearing. There's nothing really that the claimant, or for that matter, a state legislator, or for that matter, I, can do to speed up the process. The system, is, again, is overwhelmed, and it's sort of like the, um, the pig going through the snake. First, you see the bulge at the head, and then you see the bulge at the middle, and then you see the bulge at the very end. So, Todd, where do you think we go from here? Um, well, from, from my end, basically, I'm actually getting better. I mean, I'm getting help that I need. You know, I've reached out from, you know, to people. I'm getting the help that I need. But I know out there, there are so many people that need help that are not receiving it. I think the lawmakers need to really stress and look at the smaller people who are struggling right now that need the help that can need the benefits and all that. And Todd, for all the lawmakers that might be listening into our show, what do you have to say to them? They need to start looking, I will say common people. They need to look at people who are making, you know, a poverty level or a little above. Those are the people who are really struggling right now because of the pandemic. Um, you need to look at just the laws and make it a lot easier for people to be able to get food stamps or for food and especially housing, especially around here. Housing is non-existent. Like Dana was helping me. There's a four-year waiting list for like Section 8 and HUD housing. Four years. You know, 2024, we, they said it would be the earliest for they to have something available. Um, there needs to be more affordable housing in this area, more, you know, access to public information, you know, I mean, public, like food, you know, I mean, there's around here, there's three or four places you can go and get food, but you're waiting two to four hours just in line just to get a box of food because there's so many people out here that does not have food stamps or does not have access to get food anywhere. And that's what it is. So we better learn from this. Otherwise, we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot in another five or 10 years again. Again, there's certainly going to be an economic downturn in the future. We don't know when or what the result would be or, or the cause of it, just as no one certainly anticipated that this would happen this year. 
But we certainly know that in economic downturns happen. We certainly know that claim volumes rise and fall. And we know what happened with the Great Recession uh, 10 years ago. And the Virginia Employment Commission had similar issues, not nearly to this level as 10 years ago, but it does appear that the Virginia Employment Commission didn't learn or didn't learn much from that experience to um, prepare for the next economic downturn. Do you know or do you think that a lot of these people know that unemployment benefits are taxable? Most people do not know that unemployment benefits are indeed taxable income for um, IRS purposes. Now, of course, the benefits are not withheld. Taxes are not withheld from the benefits. But I think most people don't know that and people do need to realize when they fill out their uh, income tax forms, whether they do it themselves or through some sort of volunteer assistance through the community tax law project or wherever, that they do need to report um, unemployment compensation. So Todd, have you figured out where you're gonna be living now? Um, not yet. I'm actually working with Dana. She um, is helping me right now, um, trying to find some places to live, but again, you know, that's ongoing process right now at this point. I'm not exactly sure. Um, she gave me some leads and everything, but because of, you know, where I had to declare bankruptcy, some people, when they do the credit check, that that comes up, they're like, well, we're sorry. You know, we, we saw you just declare bankruptcy. We can't really rent from you right now. Then now this is mostly in the big rental companies, you know, that, you know, that have many, many properties. Now I did find some small owners that said they would work with me and I'm going this week and talk to them and look at their places. Todd, Todd, you know, uh, Jim was, you know, summarizing everything that's kind of fallen on your back, you know, from the medical bills to the economy crashing to unemployment benefits not coming through. So uh, to the t- to the car title loan. So how does it feel how, or how, what are your impressions or what are your thoughts about, you know, the full weight of capitalism crashing down on you? Do you think this this economic system that we have, this capitalist model uh, in its current form, is this sustainable? No, it's not. I mean, the, the way society right now it is, it's awful to live in. I, I really don't know how people are actually living unless they have a lot of money. I've seen people every day, you know, walking around and looking, they, and they're, they're struggling. I mean, there's a lot of people that are struggling out here. Todd and countless other Virginians have got it incredibly bad, but there's another issue brewing just under the surface when it comes to unemployment benefits. Let's hear about it from Marty. You may have heard that that extra $600 a week was erroneously paid back in April, May to roughly 35,000 benefit recipients in Virginia. Um, Erroneous because the first week of benefits that could be paid, that extra $600 a week was the week beginning with March 28. But there were about 35,000 claimants who through no fault of their own got a week before that or possibly two weeks before that. In other words, they got paid the extra $600 a week for the week starting with March 14 and or the week starting with March 21. Well, that was clearly an overpayment. 
and it could be you know a substantial amount of money, $600 or even $1,200. The Virginia Employment Commission usually does not have the authority to waive or forgive any benefits that were overpaid, to which you were not entitled. But because these were federal pandemic unemployment compensation, federal benefits, Virginia does have the authority to waive the overpayment collection. So far, Virginia has chosen not to do so. And I think that is wrong. And so Marty, we talked a bit about some things that can be changed in these institutions to better accommodate for human need when these economic downturns happen. You brought up uh, revamping the technology in these systems, increasing their capacity. Uh, but in the big picture, what do you think we need to change as a society so we can meet human need and allow folks to live in dignity when these inevitably uh, terrible economic times arrive on us and we have to endure them? The big picture idea would be to turn unemployment compensation into a no-fault system. Um, many years ago, um, I was vacationing in Costa Rica and I had a very informative guide. And I just asked the guide, um, what's the unemployment compensation system like in Costa Rica? And they said, well, you know, you lay off, you lose your job, whether it's alleged work-related misconduct, whether it's alleged voluntary quit without good cause, or you're just laid off due to lack of work. In all but the most egregious cases, I mean, we're talking lying, cheating, stealing, you just get unemployment compensation. There's no contest between claimant and employer. You just get unemployment compensation. Essentially, it's like severance pay, but instead of coming from the employer, it comes from the government. And the other big system, change we could make, and most people don't understand this, is that unemployment compensation is 100% funded by employers. They pay federal taxes to the federal government, which comes back to the state to administer the program. So all the people who work for the Virginia Employment Commission, their money actually comes from federal taxes paid by Virginia employers. The other tax that Virginia employers pay is to the state government to pay the benefits. And as more of their former workers get benefits, their experience rate goes up. When their experience rate goes up, their tax rate goes up and they pay more taxes. So it is in the employer's economic interest to fight these claims if they feel they had any chance of winning just to keep their taxes low. That's a perverse incentive because people need money when they're unemployed and they should get money when they're unemployed unless they truly committed something egregious like lying, cheating, stealing. But they shouldn't be denied benefits because they were uh, late for work, because they uh, accidentally overslept, uh, things of that nature. And I see those type of things all the time. And that alone would remove the incentive to uh, fight these claims so if we don't make it a no-fault system, at least let's fund it out of general tax revenue rather than uh, incentivizing claimants to fight what I think are otherwise meritorious claims. Todd, we thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It has been a journey. Do you have any final words for the audience? 
just keep your head up and pray every day because it does get better. I, at one point in my life, I was really low and down, but with some help with everybody, you can make it and make it and make your life a lot better. I, I guess the only thing that I would say to people listening is make sure that you file your claim accurately. I have so many uh, claimants who made a simple mistake. So take the time to do it right. And then most critically is after people file the initial claim, whether it's online or whether it's over the phone, you have to file weekly claims every week thereafter. Again, you can do that either online or the automated phone system. But benefits are paid by the week. If you do not file a claim for a week, you do not get benefits for that week. You have 28 days from a Saturday to file for that week that ends on a Saturday. If you do not file a claim within roughly 35 days in a row, your, your claim, your case will be closed automatically. No benefits at all. And you will not be told that by the Virginia Employment Commission. And I have had numerous people who filed the initial claim never filed the weekly claim and it was as it was as if they never filed the claim at all because they got no benefits and there was no way to fix that so file your claims and most importantly follow up with a weekly claim no matter what even if you're denied file your weekly claims the best sign that you've got an open active pending claim is if you can continue to file your weekly claims that is the good sign that people should be looking for Oh, Jam, what did we learn today? We learned that from medical debt to evictions, from unemployment to predatory loans, the economic system that keeps communities in poverty are all deeply connected. The magnitude of this realization can really be overwhelming. So what do we think we should do about it, Jam? Start a revolution. What time is that Zoom call scheduled to start? I don't see it in my calendar because I need to wait for Hina, my wife, to come home and get on baby duty if you're expecting me to join. In the meantime, keep listening to The Justice Report as we try to make sense of the policies and institutions that shape our lives. Tune in Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on 97.3 FM, WRIR, Richmond Independent Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wait, no, but you didn't answer my question. What, what time is this call starting? I want to be part of the revolution. Uh, just keep your eye out on the calendar. It's, it's kind of a secret right now. Oh, it's like Fight Club? Yeah, we... Oh, already breaking the rules. Sure, sure, said the rules. That. sure enough said that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please uh, forgive me. Uh, hey, just look into this blinking red light on this pen. Just look right here. All right. That should, that should do the trick. And while you're at it, please go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review today so that we can continue bringing you the stories that matter. That does it for this week. We'll catch you next time. And remember, it's never just us for justice. This is the Justice Report. Thank you.